Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. One side, Alex Ferrari, and Tanner Hendrickson. I'm Brandon Kylie. Always a pleasure to go out to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line to be joined by Jeremy Rutherford, our Blues insider for The Athletic. You can follow him on Twitter, at JP Rutherford. JR, we appreciate the time as always, man. As you could probably imagine, me and Alex were having an argument off of the air. How you doing today? <laughs> imagine that. Imagine that. What was this one about? Well, I'm you know, sure, some sure. somebody over here thinks Scott Mayfield's a better defenseman no. than Colton Pareko, no, and somebody also thinks that Jacob Chikrin's not a number one defenseman, so but it's let's, fine. let's start where we probably need to begin, JR, and then we'll... We'll ramp up to our argument, and you can be the uh, the arbiter on that. Uh, Timo Meyer, is he an interesting player for the Blues in your mind? I definitely think so, and uh, I touched on him. I mentioned his name in a in a column over the weekend because I do think that it does make a lot of sense for the Blues. And in fact, uh, there are kind of rumblings that perhaps the Blues could get involved. You know, I think it's a situation where he would be really, really expensive. Can the Blues afford him? Maybe not. As you guys touched on, you're talking about a nine or ten million dollar player. Uh, his QO, his qualifying offers, is ten million. So if you sign him to a longer term deal, maybe you get him a little bit less. But like like you guys said, it's still going to be in that eight, nine, ten million dollar range. I think uh, the Blues have built a lot of draft equity, as we saw the past couple weeks with these trades. The question would be to me, what would San Jose be interested in? Would they be interested in? A couple first-round picks because the Blues certainly have them to spare and could get another one if they get uh, one for Ivan Barbashev. Or is it more of a first-round draft pick, a Jimmy Snuggerud or Zach Bolduke or someone else, and then probably a lesser prospect too. This is going to be a big package going to San Jose. The Blues definitely have enough, I think, in their pocket to make this happen. It would just be a situation of can they afford Timo Meyer? I tinfoiled it, Jr. so give me the reporter's thoughts on this. Kairou for Meyer. I don't know. Here's what I go back to, and, and I heard you guys ask that question. When the Blues were talking or potentially talking to Calgary about Matthew Kachuk, you know, evidently the Blues did not want to give up Jordan Cairo in that scenario. Uh, I know that the Blues took a little criticism for not having as good of a package as, as what Matthew Kachuk ended up going for uh, because part that they didn't include Jordan Cairo in that offer. So I go back to Doug Armstrong's thinking on that trade. If he didn't want to include Cairo in that, he probably wouldn't want to include Cairo in this. I would think that he'd want to have some sort of foundation. If he were going to go after Timu Meyer, it would be some sort of Cairo Thomas Meyer foundation moving forward. And that was my perspective, JR. Uh, our conversation off air was basically, what does it look like if you were to include a Jordan Cairo in this type of a deal? or So that way you could potentially then also go out and acquire Jacob Chikrin with the picks that they have available to them right now versus just going out and getting a Timo Meyer and then figuring out the blue line later on. That's that's where I'm at is 
if you were able to acquire Timo Meyer at the deadline and you end up re-signing him and trying to figure that out and then you, I would assume at that point, have to shed one of those contracts on your blue line, I think your top six is basically set for next year. Now, you got to figure out the bottom six, but your top six would be Saad, Shin, Buchnevich, Thomas, Kairou, Meyer. That's pretty damn good, right? And then the question, though, is how do, what do you do on defense? Because that's a lot of money up front. Yeah, no, it's all going to be a question, especially if, if you're unable to uh, move some salary, which is going to be difficult. And even if you uh, are able to move it elsewhere, did you move one of these defensemen? And we know that uh, it just hasn't worked out defensively for this group. And is this team going to be any better if they're unable to move one of those top four defensemen? I think that's where the salary is going to have to come from if in, if indeed they're able to make a move for uh, Meyer. You know, I don't know how you move one of these defensemen. We've talked about that at nauseum the past couple uh, months, but I think it's a situation where that would almost have to happen. You know, in terms of uh, Kyrie, again, going back to that for one second, you know, it depends where Mike Greer thinks they're going to be at with that rebuild and how long it's going to take in San Jose because Kyrie's still a young guy, but I would think if you're San Jose, you're trying to acquire those those draft picks and maybe a younger prospect than where Kyrie's at right now. How realistic is it, JR, by March 3rd, one of these defensemen can get moved by Doug Armstrong? I think I think it's possible, but I, you have to sit here and be realistic. It's an off-season move. Uh, can, can teams make that type of deal in the next couple of weeks? I think if you're going to make that type of deal, it's going to take probably some more time. And, you know, what's it going to take if Doug Armstrong's trying to use these picks and prospects to see what he can do uh, in order to get someone we're just continuing to use Meyer as an example here? you probably don't want to include those draft picks in a deal to help move a defenseman. And I think that's going to be the situation. Everything has to happen chronologically. I think that if you go back to the whole Matthew Kachuk thing and not re-signing David Braun, I think there was an order of events there that led to why they did what they did. And I think that's going to be a similar situation here. Doug Armstrong's not going to jump the gun in terms of uh, putting together a package to move one of these defensemen before he knows what he could do in grabbing one of these guys, 23, 24, 25, 26, to fit in that core like you talked about over the weekend. I guess here's the question, though, JR, is do you get yourself into a like an order of operations problem here? Because if Timo Meyer is expected to be dealt by the trade deadline and yet Doug Armstrong has to take more time than that, he has to make it an offseason move to move one of his defensemen, I don't know that you can make that work unless you are willing to get yourself kind of uh, up against uh, your back up against the wall where this offseason, every other team in all of hockey knows you have to shed one of those salaries on your blue line. And now you end up in a spot like Vegas has been in recent years where you kind of have to give away one of those defensemen for nothing when they otherwise might have a little bit of value. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you're 100% right. I guess just welcome to Doug Armstrong. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's what he's been dealing with for 20 years as a manager, and it's been even uh, tougher, I'm sure, with the inability to, to move money and then also uh, the flat cap here for the past couple of years and trying to make these moves is, yes, there has to be an order of operation. And I think, you know, to use your scenario there, he would just have to wait uh, until the offseason probably to make that defensive move. You know, I, I don't think that you could do something uh, if Timu Meyer or somebody like him uh, were uh, available. You'd have to prioritize that and just tell yourself that, uh, anything else is going to have to wait until after that. And yeah, will people have leverage on me because of the cap situation for sure. But you don't have that situation or that scenario. If you can't go out and get that 
player uh, to begin with. Jer, on to the ice for the Blues. Marco Scandella looks to be returning going 11-7 tonight. We, we talked about this earlier. The order of operations for defensemen, like they're in this evaluation period right now of figuring out what they have, but you also are, of course, playing NHL games, so Krug and Letty are going to be in there. Perunovic is going to stay in the minors. How do you view them getting these reps for all of these defensemen? Well, the way I view it is they're probably just going to have to monitor Scandella and, and see how it goes. I mean, tonight they're going to go with seven defensemen. I think that was pretty obvious with Scandella coming back uh, after being gone uh, months and months. And congrats to him. It'll be game number 700 in the NHL for him tonight. So uh, I think you guys are right. The minutes will probably be pretty low for him, uh, see how he feels moving forward. If he can help your defense, then he's definitely going to be in there. I think we'll see Perinovich at some point. He's been uh, in Springfield, but uh, after pulling him off of long-term injury reserve, they – uh, a paper transaction reloaned him to Springfield, but we could see him in the next week or two. I think here in St. Louis, I think he's going to get some playing time. I think they want to continue to see what Tyler Tucker can give them uh, moving forward. Can he be a guy that's in that top six, seven? Uh, and then as far as the, the regulars, you know, they're going to be in there. So yeah, there's going to be uh, you know, tight uh, battles, I think for, for ice time and getting guys out there. Uh, but I think all the situations are just kind of different with the injured guys and rookies and, and veterans. And they're just going to take this on a, probably a game by game basis. JR, is there anything else out there right now, trade speculation wise that you have found to be interesting? I know we'll, we'll find all of your reporting over at the athletic and you've done an incredible job of following all of these leads, but is there anything else out there, a nugget or anything that you, you want to pass along to the listeners right now? No, it's just uh, a couple things. One, uh, over the weekend, talking to people uh, for the O'Reilly stuff that we reported, uh, a number of people had heard that the Blues were interested in moving a defenseman, and uh, and I think that that's real. I, I don't think that that's a situation that, that should be ignored. You know, we can't underscore how difficult that's going to be like we just touched on, uh, but would the Blues be interested in mo- moving one of them? Uh, yes, I think that is possible. And I know we keep talking about the name uh, Chikrin. I had an NHL player text me this week who felt like if you move Colton Pareko and you brought in Jake and Jacob Chikrin, that that might be a lateral-type move. So I don't know that that's something uh, that uh, you know the Blues will eventually do, but obviously that's a name that continues to pop up. And then, of course, the, the Meyer uh, speculation, too. I think that's going to ramp up. We'd probably have something at the Athletic on that. Um, but I think it goes back to what Doug Armstrong said over the weekend, guys, and I know you guys latched onto it. I can totally see where he wants to take this draft capital and turn that into a guy 24, 25, 26. It fits exactly what he's done in the past. Uh, he did say he wants this retool to be as quick as like a LA Kings one, as opposed to some of the others, the New Jersey's Detroit's so on and so forth. So if I were focusing my thoughts on what the trade possibilities could be for the blues, I would just look at a list of players that that could be in that middle 20 age range who could be available, whether it's uh, Dylan Larkin, so on and so forth. And I'm going to come out with a list of names of those guys in the near future at The Athletic. Uh, But I think that's the the route that Doug Armstrong is going to try to end up going here. Jerry, if you need any uh, work to go off of for your list when you do it, I did a Ferrario 5 yesterday, and let me tell you, I nailed it. Brock (laughs) Brock Besser was on that list. Mitch Marner, or uh, I'm sorry, William William Nylander was on that list. Oh, there you go. Was that what about Martin Furk? No, Martin Furk is going to get. Damn it, Jared. Martin Furk is going to get an opportunity. He had a hat trick in the first period. (laughs) Yeah, no, those are all big names. Besser, you know, Larkin, all those guys. I I think that those are are possibilities. But listen, you lost two uh, 
really good forwards and Tarasenko and O'Reilly. And I realize the Blues have a core with the Kairos and the uh, and the Thomases and even Shen, so on and so forth. But they're going to need some help up there. So we can talk about the defense as much as we can, but this uh, forward group's going to need a little jump too. So so I can see uh, Doug Armstrong definitely. Uh, being interested in Meyer if he can make the money work. Jr. I'll ask you one more question. If you have the wrong one on this, you're never invited back on the show. Well, that's um, not true because it'll uh, probably be my answer, so you'll be invited back, Jr. How, how do you feel about <laughs> Mackenzie Weger? Oh, Jesus. You, you, <laughs> you know what, before I answer, this is the best thing with you guys because uh, you're always on different sides and you always present the argument and ask me whose uh, argument I should believe. And yeah. Sometimes. Sounds <laughs> like me and my wife when we argue. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who's on which side. Uh, no, Weger, I think, is a guy that the Blues would have interest in. Uh-huh. You know, the thing there is that uh, that long-term deal. So it's uh-huh. similar to Colton Preco. Here's my question on that one. Would a change of scenery, even though Weger just got to Calgary, uh, would that be a, a situation, you know, Blues move Preco, you know, Weger comes here? Is that something that uh, the Blues would be interested in? So. I don't know. So how about on this one? I don't take a side. I love both you guys. Smart about that? Is that an answer? No, that's, that's smart, JR. Just plead the fifth decision. so you don't have to listen to BK whine about it. Uh, Alex, Alex just, thinks Uyghur is that. not as good as uh, as Chikrin because Uyghur was picked in the seventh round and uh, Chikrin was picked high. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, kind of presents the, itself, doesn't the it? 2012 draft is what determines the outcome for these two individuals. Hey, JR, so we appreciate it. he doesn't like Tyler Tucker, a seventh round pick? Oh, Alex, oh, like I love Tyler Tucker. Damn. He's a third pairing defenseman. Yeah. <laughs> Jay, I appreciate the time as always, man. All right, see you, boys. You got it. That's Jeremy Rutherford, Blues insider for The Athletic. Always appreciate his time joining us here on the show.